Every business is unique. But the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind Pooping Unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing, and we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. This is Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harmon Brothers. Today on the show, I have a special guest with me. I have Cody Butler calling in from Australia. Welcome to the show, Cody. Thank you for having me, guys. I really very much appreciate it. So Cody is a number one international best-selling book author and a business consultant living in Australia with his wife and his three sons. Yeah. And his book is called The 90-Day Marketing Plan. And his business focuses on small to medium-sized businesses and helping them with their marketing. That's so great. with that overview, how did you get into this business, Cody? <laughs> it's a, that's a great question. So I've always, been, I've always been very entrepreneurial and I realized at a very young age that if I wanted to have more out of life, I was going to have to go down a slightly different route than the conventional route. If I was going to want, if I was going to have more, I was going to have to do more. And that was uh, being a business owner. So after starting multiple businesses with not the greatest success, one of them ended in bankruptcy and another two ending in very, very mediocre outcomes, I, I realized that there, that there was something missing. We, we call those our not-for-profit efforts. <laughs> that was school for me. <laughs> During my educational process. Got so, it. yeah, so... So I, I realized finally that, you know, the, that the part that was really missing from my business was, was the marketing part. It was like, I was always good at what I did, but like in any business I started, I started because I, I loved it and because I was good at it. I just thought that that was enough to make a business work. But at, at some point I realized that actually the part that's missing is actually getting into the marketplace. The, actual, the part that's missing is getting, you know, butts on seats, boots through doors. And yep. that, that part was the marketing part and that was missing. So that was where I went on a, uh, an obsessive 20 year quest to, to learn how to solve that problem. And in mastering that, then you've now turned your focus to helping others with it. A absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, it doesn't, it doesn't take long. So when, once I started to see the success, once I actually started to get some, some decent marketing practices and understand marketing, and I started to see my own business grow. It didn't take long before pretty much every other business owner, that I knew started coming out of the woodwork. So people don't like to talk about their problems, really. They, 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 they put on the, the, the veneer and the facade that everything's fine and everything's going great. But when, when they see that you've solved a problem that they have, then they'll talk to you about those problems. And that people started coming to me saying, hey, you know, how did you do that? Or how do you get those people into your business? Or how are you filling those events? Or, or you know, they started to ask those questions. And I started to realize that it wasn't just me that had that problem. It was pretty much every business owner out there really yeah every every business has marketing as a challenge every business yeah absolutely um, and it's not just businesses either it's everything from a political campaign to a um, a not-for-profit effort to uh, finding a partner in life that's a marketing campaign absolutely 
Yeah, w without a doubt. How would you describe the why of your business? What really, where, where things really turned around for me was, was as you rightly pointed out, I'm in Australia, but I'm not Australian. My wife's Australian. I'm, I'm, I'm English. In 2009, we, uh, her visa came to an end. She was in England. Her visa came to an end. She had to leave the UK. I couldn't get a visa to go to Australia. So we didn't, you know, we wanted to remain together. So we decided to get married, which required a visa of its own. And I was declined. We were declined a marriage visa on the grounds of insufficient income. So that was a real wake up moment for me. At that point, you've, you're, you're absolutely faced with the consequences of your reality. So up to that point, I was, I was failing at business, but I was lying to myself and telling myself I was, I was winning and I, and I was doing well. But when, when that visa was declined, I was absolutely forced to deal with the reality of the fact I'm not winning at all. And now, not only was I not winning, but the consequences had become very real to me as well. Getting that handled, so I had a very short period of time, so I had to, had to turn my finances around in a very, very short period of time to reapply for that visa and get that sorted out. So, and was that, was that application in the UK or, or Australia? Yeah. Yeah, that was in the UK, yeah. And did that force you guys to separate for a, for a yeah. period of time? Yeah, that forced us to, she had to go back to Australia and I, and I couldn't follow and she couldn't come back to the UK, so that forced, a, a, I think it was a 12-month separation. Yeah. It went on for a full 12 months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's going through you emotionally during those 12 months? It was an awful situation, obviously. I mean, like, because there was no, no, there was no end to it. There was no like, okay, 12 months, this is going to be over. There's no res resolution. The only resolution is to generate enough income to where they say, okay, well, you can do that now. <laughs> you know, basically they said you can't support her. And as a country, we're not going to support her. So until you can prove that you have sufficient income to where she's not going to be a burden to the state, then the answer is no. So what I did at that point, I actually got a job at a marketing agency just out of not not because that's what i wanted to do but that was the best paying job that i could get at the time and that's that solved the problem so while i was at that marketing agency i actually i actually got a foundation of some basic skills that that was my initial why that that's what really pushed me over the 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 edge it's like okay well i'm going to develop these skills i'm going to solve this problem whereas before there was no real there was no deadline right to solve the problem i was aware of the problem but there was no deadline and now it's you know i've, I've got three boys as well. I've got a family and, and mm -hmm. providing them a life that I, I would like to provide for them. That's what really drives me at this point. So when you overcame that in that moment, did that bring her back to the UK? Yeah. Yeah. And then you've since relocated to, to Australia. Yeah. Yeah. We spent another five years in the UK after that. So I think there was a two, two appeals of that decision and then, a, and then a new application. And then, so it took a year, then, then we got the visa that allowed her to, to come back and get married. And we stayed in the UK for another five years. And then we've been in Australia for, for five years subsequently from there. I see. What went into the decision to relocate to Australia? Oh, it was really, it was really, you know, what's going to be best for, she was pregnant at the time. So she was pregnant with our first son. It's like, you know, what is, what is the better location to, to raise children? Where are they going to have the, where are they going to have the better life? long term and they're going to have a better life in Europe or they're going to have a better life in Australia. So we decided that Australia was probably the better, the better long term decision. Got it. Is that experience the poop moment that you would like to uh, to share with our listeners or, or do you have another one in mind? Yeah. So, look, I mean, I love I love poop to God. I mean, I would say every master was once a disaster. So, <laughs> you know, your, 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 your poop moment is a necessary catalyst for success. Uh huh. 
this is obviously a, a, a business entrepreneurial podcast. I mean, I've had poop moments personally where I've transformed my life personally, where I've transformed my health, where I've transformed my emotional condition, where I've trans, you know, it's like pretty much my relationships, pretty much every aspect of my life, there's been a poop moment. And it's those, it's those poop moments. You're not going to improve till you get to a point where you go, not another day, not another hour, not another minute. Am I going to live like this? But, you know, I've had it with this. I've had it with being unhealthy. I've had it with being broke. I've had it with being unsuccessful. It's like, I'm done with it. And it's those poop moments that, that really provide the fuel and, and the catalyst to, to, to leapfrog to the next level. Because it doesn't take long. Once, once you actually make a decision, I mean, this, this is the big thing. It's like the poop moment forces the decision and it's those decisions that, that actually create the results. So with, with the visa situation, I made $9,000 in 2000. I think it was 2009, might've been 2010, but look, I made $9,000 in 2009. I made $182,000 in 2010. <laughs> That's life changing. And then I went on to, you know, do seven figures five years later, was, was doing seven figures. So it's like, well, what, what changed in that 12 month period? It wasn't, I, I didn't, I acquired some new skills, but very, that was the minimal part of the equation. What changed was that poop moment forced me into a decision and that decision forced me into action and that action forced new results. So even though that, you know, 12 month separation and the humiliation and everything that went with it in the moment, it's a miserable experience that you wouldn't yeah. wish upon an enemy, right? <laughs> but now you look back at it and you're probably immensely grateful for having gone through it. Really, the advice that I would, would want to give somebody is don't despise your poop moments because they're there to help you. They're, they're brought to you for a reason. They're coming to you for a reason. It's like the, the reason you've arrived at that moment is because you've been deficient, inadequate, or neglectful in some area of your life. And it's, that poop moment is merely feedback. It's like the temperature gauge on your car going to red or the fuel gauge going to empty. It's telling you that something's, something's wrong and it's giving you an opportunity to take corrective action. So... Yeah, absolutely. It's like in the moment, it, it was, you know, it was a why me moment. How is this happening to me? Where in retrospect, it's like that was uh, a pivotal point that my life as it is today could not exist without that ha having happened. Now, we're in the middle of the global pandemic, right? Yeah. And it's kind of been boomer bust for a lot of businesses which means there are a ton of entrepreneurs out there who find themselves right in the middle of their real life poop moment that in, in many instances, by no fault of their own, um, they're in the middle of a really, really hard time. What advice do you have for, for people who are going through that? The first thing I would say is you've, you've got to be agnostic to the opportunity. So if you're really set on your, it's set in your ways and you're really, absolutely determined to continue to do what you've done, even though everything around you tells you that everything is now different. You're not going to succeed. It's like the people that are doing very well are pivoting, they're changing, that they're, they're, they're recognizing very quickly that the situation and adapting to it. It's very interesting. I was talking about it yesterday, but I, I've, I've got a friend who's a, a fighter pilot, or he was a fighter pilot. He's retired now. He was an instructor. He, he taught other pilots. And he's, he said that they teach that if you're shut down, you have that the quicker you can accept that you've been shot down, that the greater your chances of survival. If you're, if you're in your parachute going down to the ground and you're thinking, how did this happen? What went wrong? What could I have done differently? All irrelevant at that point. The only question or the only thing you have to do is accept your situation 
And the sooner you can accept it, the quicker you can start making good decisions. And every, every second that goes by that you're thinking about the past and what went wrong and how you can do things, could have done things differently, the chances of your survival are diminishing. Mm-hmm. So, what, so what I would say is like, take that philosophy. It's like, don't try and understand how this happened. Don't under, try and blame somebody for it. Don't try and figure out what you could have done differently, except that this is, in the, this is the situation. And what is your next step? And the next step is probably going to be moving away from the opportunity that you already exploit and moving into a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. There, there's certainly, as you, as you rightly say, there, there are boom and there's bust right now. There are people doing very well and there are people you know, not going to do so well out of this. The ones that are doing well uh, have let go of their past paradigm and they're like, okay, what's the landscape and how can we take advantage of the new landscape? How can we pivot into a, into a new reality? Yeah, I feel like adaptability, the, the type of adaptability Absolutely. that you're talking about, for some people that comes naturally and for other people, it's not just a, a natural reaction but regardless yeah. of whether or not it feels natural, it's absolutely something that can be learned and can yeah. be practiced. I love how you describe that analogy of, of the fighter pilot because the, the pandemic turning a business upside down is very, very just much a kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just got shot down and you're falling from a parachute. And so now it's your decision whether or not you sit and wallow in the grief and and try to point fingers and blame and That's hope it. and hope that something changes or you just make the decision to adapt i love that advice. you know and, and look i mean that the, the thing here is like this is nothing new like yeah the pandemic maybe that's new but the situation is not new there's been cataclysmic shifts in the business world it happens all the time like that at, at some point radio came along and that tra- mm-hmm. transformed how business was changed. People come to terms with radio and then television comes along and transforms everything again. And then a few years later, the internet comes along and everything is transformed again. It's like these, these cataclysmic shifts uh, are always happening within the, within the business community. And they, they, they spell disaster for one group of people and they spell massive opportunity for another. And the way I, you know, I describe it to people that, that I'm working with is like right now, the pandemic, let's say, is a level eight problem for a business owner mm-hmm. and the, most business owners go, well, I want it to be a level five problem or I want it to be a level six problem, but that's <laughs> not going to happen. That, the, the pandemic is going to do what it's going to do and you have no control over what level of a problem it's going to be. But if it's a level eight problem, then the solution is you become a level nine business owner. That's the solution. So it, it's the wrong thing to do to focus on the pandemic and say, okay, well, this is a level eight problem. The, the, the question you need to be asking yourself is, well, if this is a level eight problem, how do I become a level nine business owner? That's right. And, that, and now you've taken the power back. You've, you've placed the power in an area that you have the possibility to actually influence and control versus just saying, I, I need the pandemic to change, which you have no control over whatsoever. Okay. Let's imagine you can go back and see yourself as you were starting your entrepreneurial journal, journey. What do you know now that you wish you could tell that version of yourself? <laughs> just, just sit, sit back and enjoy the journey more it's it's looking looking back everything happened for a reason everything happened at the right time in the right place in the right way and and, and i worried about a lot of stuff that i didn't need to worry about and i lost a lot of time you know worrying when i could have been enjoying myself i should have, i would tell myself just to sit back enjoy the journey and trust that everything's going to work out 
just fine. Does that mean that you feel like you spent too much time waiting for the enjoyment to come as opposed to just enjoying what was there? Is that what you mean? Or, or, or really just stuff like, you know, I remember being very, you know, when, when, I, when I started out, um, I started one of my first successful business or really successful business was a marketing agency. And, you know, I'd lose a big client a big client would leave and that would cause me all kinds of stress or I'd, I'd, I'd be proposing to a big client and I wouldn't get it. And it's like, I would just think that that was the end of the world, right? It's like, or, a, you know, a, a key staff member would leave at a key time. And I would think, well, this is just the end of the world. You know, the end of the world is happening now and, and caused a great amount of stress and anxiety. But the reality is you look back and it's like, well, that, per that, that person going was a blessing mm -hmm. that that client leaving was neither here nor there. It did not impact myself or the business in any way shape or form in reality so a lot of the things that i worried about i simply didn't need to worry about they, they were problems that never actually came into reality too much time sweating the small stuff too much time yeah don't sweat the small stuff that'd be a great way of, of putting it benton yeah you're a marketer and your business yeah. is focused on helping other businesses with their marketing if you had to summarize your marketing philosophy and boil it down to its essence, if you will, how would you describe that philosophy? It, it, it's leave, leave everybody better than you found them. So, so my goal of coming on this podcast is, is, is to leave the listener in a better place than, than they, they were when they came into contact and is to leave your podcast better than it was when I came on it. So if everything you come into contact with, you leave it better than you found it, you, you can't not succeed if you do that. So, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to leave everybody better than they find them. So whatever I put out, if I send out an email, I'm like, does this lead to, does this lead the person reading this email in a better place than when, before they open the email? If I do an interview, my question is, does this interview lead the person in a better place? If I create a product, it's like, does it leave this business in a better place? So if, if you're obsessed with that, if your obsession is, I want to leave everybody I come into contact with in a better place than I found them. You, you're going to be magnetic and very attractive. That, that's true attraction marketing because when people start to realize if I come into contact with Cody, I'm going to leave that engagement, whether it be a 20-minute you know, interview or a two-year relationship or you know, whatever, I'm going to leave them in a better place. Then when word starts to get out, you're going to be very, very magnetic in your attraction and, and pretty much everything else is going to take care of itself. I love that because it automatically takes you out of your selfish focus of, of you know, just focusing on me, 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 me. Yeah. And it puts you in a mindset where you're focused yeah. on those around you and you, you end up practicing yeah. the golden rule just by default because you're, you're, thinking, right. you're thinking about how to take care of others. I, I call it selfish benevolence. I'm selfishly benevolent. And it's like... <laughs> I think it was Zig Ziglar who said it. I'm pretty sure. Um, if you help enough people get what they want, you can have anything that you want. So it's like my very selfish mo motivation is, you know, I want anything that I, I, I want to be able to have anything that I can have. And then what's the means to that? It's like, it's to help enough people get what they want. So it, it's selfish benevolence. You become benevolent, but it serves you as well. So both parties are, are, are getting served in the equation. Awesome. Well, where can our listeners stay in touch with you, Cody? So I'm on all, I'm on all of the uh, standard social media, the usual suspects. You can find me at codybutler.com. The book's available on Amazon. Just search Cody Butler on Amazon, the 90-day marketing plan. And I also have a, a podcast as well, the Small Business Marketing Made Easy podcast, where I dispense 
advice as frequently as I can bring myself to do it. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate you sharing your, your knowledge and experience with us. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And of course, for our listeners, anyone who is interested in learning about how we do what we do, feel free to check out HarmanBrothersUniversity.com so that you can get that training there. And otherwise, just make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. At Harmon Brothers, we're known for what we call our hero campaigns. These are big nationwide campaigns for brands like Squatty Potty, Poopery, Purple Mattresses, Lumi Deodorant, and many others. What makes these campaigns special is that they've helped scale those businesses by tens of millions of dollars each. Now, companies reach out to us on a regular basis wanting a hero campaign. They want that type of growth, they want that type of branding, and they want that type of awareness. But the simple reality is, most businesses and entrepreneurs aren't yet quite ready for that level of growth. So we've built what we call a hero incubator that is designed to help entrepreneurs and companies prepare for a hero campaign and to be ready for the type of growth that they're looking for. The hero incubator starts with a marketing audit. We offer these marketing audits for free and you can apply for one at harmanbrothers.com forward slash audit.